Welcome to Green Conversations with me, Jeanette Fitzsimons. These episodes were recorded at the Young Greens Annual Conference held in February 2019 on our farm, Paparaka. We're sitting under the pecan nut trees down by the river with background sound effects from the tuis and the cicadas. There are more episodes on their way. When we joined the Alliance, the Alliance was not a party. It was an alliance of parties who kept their own leadership policy and structure. You can understand why the new Labour Party, led by Jim, wanted a really close um, connection with us. The Greens had the highest vote of the five small parties in 1990, and um, they didn't want us standing against them because that was going to dilute their power. The 1993 the election, the electorate responded very enthusiastically to the message of five small parties, um, all opposed to the neoliberalism of National and Labour, all working together cooperatively despite their differences to try and make a difference in New Zealand politics. And that went down really well. By 1996, this message was being suppressed because there was a strong movement led by the new Labour Party to turn the alliance into a single party. And uh, they didn't want the message of cooperation and um, differences. The alliance vote dropped between 93 and 96. We'd all signed the Red-Green Charter. It was an inspiring document about ecological wisdom and justice and a fair society. It's just a shame that it was put away in a drawer and nobody took any notice of it after that. We reconfirmed our membership of the Alliance after the 1993 election at the conference. During the 96 campaign, Jim decreed that all candidates were Alliance candidates and that the names of the individual parties were not to be used. He forbade us to describe ourselves as green. We didn't, of course, obey that, but the writing was on the wall. But there was an election on, and we had to just get on with it. The alliance was governed by a council with four reps from each of the five parties. They argued endlessly over the formation of a single party, and there were a lot of moves to try and achieve that such as by having people able to join the alliance rather than one of the constituent parties, which had been the only way to do it at the beginning. It was, of course, a power struggle from people who had had years of practice in the old style of politics and the Greens who were resisting it. But the 96 election saw three Greens elected on the alliance ticket, Rod Donald, Philida Bunkle and myself, out of a caucus of... 13 Alliance MPs. The entry into Parliament was historic. 25 years after the formation of the Values Party, Greens finally made it into Parliament. I spent the whole summer of 1996-7 agonising over what to say in my maiden speech, which happened in February 97. It had to reflect everything that had gone before it had to refer to our sister parties around the world that had started in the last 25 years. It had to reflect on the meaning and significance of the Green Movement and what we intended to do now that we were finally in Parliament. 
We find ourselves in the late 20th century struggling with global realities which threaten to overwhelm us. A generation ago, it became apparent that the world economic system was in a new crisis, and this had major impacts on New Zealand. It had many faces, loss of traditional markets, geopolitical control of oil, growing overseas debt, rapid technological change, a breakdown of the post-Keynesian consensus. A growing social alienation was fuelled by the Vietnam War and questioned the post-war ideals of progress and materialism. People are still searching for meaningful values beyond just economic growth. Parliament, meanwhile, waited for 10 weeks while Winston Peters made up his mind which party he was going to support. But instead of sending us home, Anderton kept us in constant caucus meetings in Wellington. I can't recall what on earth we talked about. The House wasn't sitting, you know. But the House didn't get underway until February 1997. By then, it was clear that caucus was not going to be a green consensual process. Jim did nearly all the talking, and it always organised the NLP to back him up if he wanted to get something agreed. In that first year in Parliament, we were finding our feet, speaking in the House on our portfolio issues. We were all Alliance spokespeople. I was still co-deputy leader. Operating on, learning how to operate on select committees, but always against a terribly time-consuming background of resisting the NLP takeover. The three Green MPs were all placed on different floors with their offices in Bowen House to make it more difficult for us to communicate and try and merge us with the rest of the Alliance. Complaining wouldn't have worked, so I approached Grant Gillen, the Alliance whip, who... Um, had a small office on uh, the 14th floor and said, Grant, wouldn't it be much easier for you as Whip to be on the same floor as Jim and Sandra? Um, if you'd like to swap, you can have my big corner office on the 16th floor with the great view of the harbour. I'd be happy to take yours. And that pleased Grant very much, so we did a swap. That led me next to, left me next to Rod Donald. And then Philida managed to argue that as there were still no smoke-free offices and the NLP members mostly smoked, that she wanted to move off the floor where all the smoke was and down onto the 14th floor, and so she switched offices too. That left the three of us in adjacent offices behind the double doors at one end of a corridor in a nice little green enclave and much easier to communicate. We described the situation to the party at the Ongatiti conference in January 1997, and Phyllida did a hilarious impersonation of Jim in caucus, in full hectoring mode. People were appalled. Of course, she exaggerated. And a small group was formed, led by co-convener Joel Cayford, to consider ways of creative realignment with the Alliance, where we could keep our green identity. This went on all year with option two, option three, etc., for restructuring presented to our Alliance colleagues and all rejected by them. Rod and I knew from a few weeks after the election that the Greens couldn't thrive in that environment. 
There was only one possible outcome from the endless negotiations, and but we had to have a an honest process where we presented all the options to the others and tried to negotiate a way forward. We wanted a looser coalition with more green autonomy, but all of our options were turned down. We also wanted to keep our commitment to the voters to represent them as Alliance MPs. We don't agree with Walker jumping in the middle of a term. Eventually, it went to a special general meeting of the Green Party, held at Tapitarangi Marae on the south coast of Wellington in November 1997, the end of our first year in Parliament. There were 80 delegates from electorates around the country and another 50 observers. Jim demanded the opportunity to address the conference. A lot of people opposed that, but I strongly supported it because I knew that if people could watch him in action, it would strengthen what we were trying to achieve. And sure enough, he made a long, hectoring and finger-wagging speech. Greens would disappear if we were outside the alliance. No small party ever got 5% from a small base like ours. We were fracturing the opposition. The finger wagged over time. The membership was appalled. It was a tense meeting. Some were feeling that we couldn't survive without our freedom to be ourselves, and other people were feeling we couldn't survive without the security blanket of Jim's coattails. If he won Wigram, we didn't need to get 5% and we would get seats. The vote was scheduled for the Sunday. The Remain group was led by Philida, who was convinced by Jim's argument that we had no future outside the Alliance. Jim was fond of saying that outside the Alliance, the Greens would be compost. Ha ha ha. Rod was fond of replying, doesn't he understand that Greens make the best compost? We had an intense debate all day on the Saturday. Most of us took a break on the Saturday night for music and relaxation, but Philida led the Remain group downstairs to continue meeting. She had set her heart on becoming Minister of Health, which she believed she could achieve within the Alliance, and she had a lot of really good things that she wanted to do in that position if she got there. The Remain group, sounds like Brexit, doesn't it? The Remain group were clearly a minority, but we don't make decisions by 51% majorities. And we needed 75% in order to um, stand separately at the next election. There was no chance of getting consensus. And while that could have led to an outcome where 26% of the delegates could have committed the party to a future that the rest didn't want, and I hate to think what would have happened as a result, following our processes generally works. A press conference had been called for one o'clock on the Sunday to announce the result. When we called it, we didn't know what the result was going to be, but the media were uh, intensely interested. So the deadline for it was a vote at midday so that we could organise. We tested for consensus again? No. Any modifications that would make it acceptable to the minority? No. And so the vote. More fingernail biting. 75.6% 
in favour of the resolution. The proposal said nothing about leaving the alliance, which is how it's often described. It was framed that we would change the Green Party's relationship with the alliance and stand as an independent party at the next election. So this was not Walker jumping. In fact, what it meant was the Green Party was leaving the alliance, but the Green MPs were remaining as alliance MPs to carry out our commitment to the voters until the next election. The press release was written. Philida had left with some of her supporters as soon as the vote was counted, and we didn't know where she'd gone or whether she was coming back. The table was set out with three places and microphones. We were just starting when Philida turned up and took the third place. Rod and I explained that we would remain Alliance MPs carrying out those responsibilities and in our assigned electorates, but in the next election we would be standing as Greens. We would continue to attend caucus every Tuesday um, to discuss business of the House and select committees, but when they moved on to election strategy, we would leave. We would continue to be bound by Alliance policy as our pledge required. We described it as a new relationship alongside the Alliance. The media, of course, turned to Philida, who hadn't spoken, and asked her what she was going to do. And we learned for the first time too. She said, I'm staying with the Alliance. I don't think the Greens can make it on their own. The media then described what we were doing as leaving, which was true of the party, but not of Rod and me. Politics normally thinks in binary terms. You're in or you're out. It's one thing or the other. Politics doesn't deal with shades of grey. You're for us or against us. If you're not on our team, you're the enemy. There could have been many other ways of relating. We didn't wish our colleagues in the Alliance harm. We wanted to work with them. We still had more in common than we did with any of the other politicians in Parliament. We could have done seat accommodations. We could have done joint policy announcements. But from the moment of the SGM, we were the enemy to be opposed wherever possible. I have a recurring vision of the next two years of Rod and me, metaphorically, with our backs against the wall and 117 other MPs out there all baying for our blood. My thanks to Hans Buter, who recorded this podcast, and to Finn Kennedy, who edited it.